Hey, dear saints, you're listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons from Pastor Kilgo, preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We pray that as you hear God's word, you would be strengthened in faith and love and rejoice in the joy of the Lord's promises and kindness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, so far this Lenten season, we have considered the Lord's will in the Ten Commandments, and we've considered the Lord's person in the creeds, and tonight we consider how we come before the Lord as the Lord's children, and particularly how we come before him in prayer. Now, there is much to be said about prayer Before this evening, we want to focus on this, and that is this question of why we pray. This is like one of the fundamental questions that we have to answer when it comes to what prayer is. Uh, Right after what it is, we ask why we do it. And there are three main reasons, if we remember this. We pray because of God's command, and we pray because of God's promise, and we pray because of God's words. But we have to start a little bit before that, because all of this is connected at its core to God's name. That is why the very first petition is, in fact, God's name. It's why we name God at the very beginning. Now, this, this is the name that is given to us, especially in our baptism, where we are baptized into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the name of the triune God. And having been baptized into that name, we are then given access to that God. This is what What's happening, for example, when Jesus dies and the temple is the temple curtain is torn in two, that this is signifying that there is now this unmediated access to the Father through Jesus. And having this access, then the Lord instructs us to pray to him, not as some far-off God, some far-off deity who is just kind of floating out there in space somewhere, but rather to pray to him as, in fact, our Father with Christ as our brother. And so we start then with the first reason why we pray, and that's because of God's command. Now, hopefully you remember this, the second commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do, so we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie, or deceive by his name, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. God gives to us in the second commandment his name, as a gift. Remember, the commandments are all giving to us. They're, they're pointing to where the gifts of God are in creation. The first one is God himself, and the very next one after that is God's name. This is one of the things that distinguishes God from all the false gods, that is that he has this personal name that is revealed to us. He's, he's not a, either a distant God, nor is he an unknown God. So he gives us his name, but he gives it to us to use in a very particular way. He doesn't give us to use that name for bringing down curses on people. He doesn't give us that name in order to uh, swear falsely or even truly. This is what Jesus is talking about when he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That is simply just say that you're going to do something or not do something and let that be it. Uh, You don't need to invoke God's name in order to keep a promise to somebody. Nor do we use God's name, and this is the, the, the big key thing in here, for lying or deception. That is for false doctrine. 
This, this is what it's called when you take God's name and you attach it to a lie. You're saying God said, fill in the blank, except God didn't say that thing. That now is lying by God's name. That's false doctrine. That is, uh, in fact, the, the worst breaking the, the second commandment. Um, nor are we given to use God's name for uh, uh, satanic arts, as the catechism says. Uh, kind of an interesting note on this is this is, in fact, where the, uh, the term hocus pocus comes from, if you're not aware of this. Uh, in, in the Latin, when, when the uh, words of institution are being spoken, it is in Latin, hoc est corpus meum, and uh, people early on, they heard that, and they considered those to be the quote-unquote magic words, but they didn't understand Latin, and so hoc est corpus became hocus pocus as the magic words. That is an example of using God's name not correctly for satanic arts. But we're also given, we're not given to not use God's name. Uh, he gives us his name, not so that it just can sit there and collect dust, but so that we can use it, but use it rightly. And so we use God's name rightly when we pray, when we praise, and we give thanks, which if you look at it, this in fact is what the div entire divine service is. It is a right use of God's name in prayer and praise and thanksgiving. But especially in prayer, the second commandment is giving to us the gift of prayer that we would use God's name rightly to ask him for things, to call upon him in every trouble. As, as the psalmist says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. That's, that's the Lord's promise. So he gives us the command to pray. This is the first reason why we pray. The second is what was just mentioned, that God also gives the promise concerning prayer, that he promises that he will hear us as the psalmist says, but also that he promises to hear us through his name. Now, hopefully you noticed this in Solomon's prayer at the dedication of the temple, that he makes this note that God had given all of these promises to David, and one of the promises is that his name would dwell there at the temple. And according to that promise then, that he would hear the prayers of his people at and even toward the temple itself. So God's name and his promise to hear our prayers are bound up to each other. Not only there, but also for us in our baptismal reality. That as his baptized children of God, he promises to hear us as his children. Just like a father hears his children when they come and they ask him for things, so also our father who is in heaven promises to hear us any time and every time we come and we ask him for whatever it may be. But especially, and this is at the end of Solomon's prayer, especially when we come and we ask him for forgiveness. This is one of the chief ways in which we use God's name rightly in prayer, is to pray that God would forgive us for all of our sins, all our trespasses, all our debts. This is what Solomon does, if you, if you caught this. He says, my name shall be there. Listen to the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place and listen in your heavenly dwelling place. That is, listen as you promised. And when you hear, forgive. That at its core, the Christian's prayer always incorporates this, always encompasses this. Forgive us our trespasses. 
We see this, for example, in the, the Pharisee and the publican, when the Pharisee is up there and he's giving this self-righteous prayer that I thank you that I'm not like these, these other people, these sinners, especially this tax collector back here. But the tax collector, the publican is back there and he simply is praying this, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. As we talked about when this text came up, this is the word propitiation. Lord, let your blood cover my sin, for I am a sinner. That, that is what his prayer is. And he's, we should note, there in the temple. And so the Lord has promised in accord uh, with his name being there and his name being on this publican, uh, that he would hear that prayer and that he would, in fact, forgive those sins. And so we pray that we would be heard, but not, also, but not only that, also forgiven. And we see this also in the text from Matthew, where Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer, and we have this, this addition at the end where he says, uh, in, the, in the same way that um, if you do not forgive those who sin against you, neither should you believe that your sins are forgiven. Um, and what he's noting here is not that our forgiveness is dependent on our forgiving, but rather when we forgive, it is a reminder to us that we are in fact already forgiven by God, that God has in fact heard our prayer, and that the reason why we forgive our neighbor for their sins against us is because we believe that God has already forgiven our sins, that forgiveness flows from forgiveness. And so we have God's command to pray, we have God's promise to hear our prayers. And we also have, thankfully, the words to pray. We have God's word telling us what to pray. And so Jesus, for example, when he gives us the Lord's Prayer, he says, when you pray, say. And then he gives us the Lord's Prayer. He gives us the text. And what is marvelous about this is that we don't have to wonder what we ought to pray when we pray. This is something we always fall in. What should I pray for? Well, the Lord tells you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, etc., etc., etc. That there is, in fact, nothing that you can pray for as a Christian that is not bound up to this prayer. Everything that you can pray for as a Christian is there in the Lord's Prayer. That is why it ought always be a part of our prayers, and we can add other things to it, but that is the core of the Christian's prayer. That's why it is always to be there. Partially because God has commanded it, but especially because God has given us these words in his mercy, and we know that he delights to hear those words. In addition to this, though, the Lord in his mercy has also given us a stretched out version of the Lord's Prayer, and that is the Psalms. So if you remember, this, this is how we ought to think about the Psalms, that if you take the Lord's Prayer and you just stretch the thing out, that you get 150 Psalms out of it. And so the Lord has given us the words by which we should pray in the Lord's Prayer and in 150 Psalms. And then we also have the persistent prayers of the Christian, if you remember these from, from our, our talks on this in the past, uh, that we pray anytime we see evil in the world, we pray, Lord, have mercy. And anytime we see good in the world, any good gift of God, we say, God, be praised. And at all times, we pray, come, Lord Jesus, quickly. And then we can add on top of that, uh, through, the, through the church's history, we have all these wonderful prayers that have been collected together. We have the historic collects, uh, that the church has uh, week in and week out. You have all these prayers that are in your hymnal, and you have all the other prayers that are in your hymnal, which we also call hymns. We ought to remember this, that the hymns of the church are also the prayers of the church. So you have all these things by which you can pray to God uh, in his kindness that he's given us through his word and through the history of the church. Now, 
these are the three reasons why we pray. We, we ought to, though, add maybe a, a fourth reason why we pray, though it's not really a reason. It's the, the reason why we can pray. And that is this, that it is all bound up to Jesus' death for our sake, that our being reconciled to the Father through the passion and death and resurrection of Jesus is why we can call God our Father and call him that with delight. It's because of the death of Jesus that takes away our sins that we are set as his brother and the Lord as our Father. It's because of the resurrection of Jesus that justifies us before the Father that we're able to come to the presence of God in our prayers and that he delights for that to happen, that we can just barge in to the court of the King of Kings and the ruler of all creation and ask him for stuff which if you think about it, is a pretty incredible gift. And it's because of the ascension of Jesus, which seats him at the Father's right hand of power and authority, that our prayers are able to ascend to the Lord and that they are in fact repeated to our Father through the lips of Jesus himself, that he is constantly, as the scriptures promise, interceding for us. He is constantly praying for us. This is why, by the way, if you've ever noticed that the prayers of the church tend to end in some version of like this, uh, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, or hear us for Jesus' sake. If you've ever wondered why they conclude usually in that way, it's because this is how all the prayers are coming before the Father. They are th- literally through Jesus. It's the only way they get there. It's through the second article, Jesus' life and death, passion, in resurrection and ascension, it's through that that the Holy Spirit, the third person, the third article, comes to us and gives us access into the first article, to the Father. The second article is not only center just because it's the second of three, but it's the center because it's the thing that gives us all the other stuff. We have all the first and third article gifts because of this. And because the Lord loves us, he gives us his name, bestowed on us in baptism, and continues to bless us in that name, in the benediction, so that we would use that name in prayer and in praise and in thanksgiving. And because the Lord loves us, he promises to hear us when we pray according to his word. And because the Lord loves us, he's given us many words by which we may call upon him in every trouble and pray, praise, and give thanks in his name. As we sang, I trust, O Lord, your holy name. Let me not be put to shame. Let me perish never. My faith, O Lord, be in your word forever firmly grounded. Bow down your gracious ear to me and hear my cry, my prayer, my plea. Make haste for my petition. For woes and fear surround me here. Help me in my affliction. O honor, praise, and majesty to Father, Son, and Spirit be our God forever glorious, in whose rich grace we run our race till we depart victorious. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword, sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week. Please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.